welcome to All Things Dorothy's Daughter. Today is Tuesday, and I am so happy that you decided to join our podcast. Tonight I have a, excuse me, today I have a special guest. I am so excited to have Cordelia on the phone with me. Um, we're going to talk about love and loss and get her perspective. Um, she had a she had a baby, a daughter, Pauline, that we, we want to talk about. Um, and so normally, you know, the last podcast I started with the question about love. Mm-hmm. However, I think I'm going to flip it. And I'm going to ask Dee Dee or Cordelia, sorry. Cordelia, yes. First, um, <laughs> introduce herself, tell us a little bit about herself, and then we'll jump into the questions. Over to you, Cordelia. Hi, my name is Cordelia, and I'm uh, a mother of two, but um, then I have lost um, about six kids, so I want to hit on all of them today. Yeah, I definitely, I appreciate you, and I know it's, um, it can be easy, you know, to talk yeah. about it, but I, I definitely, I wanted to talk with you because you've had some experience, and, and hopefully we can give the people something to think about, because um, we don't say that we're psychologists, we're just here just trying to share with others kind of that we all have certain feelings, and the way that we handle different situations is similar. You know, we're all, we all have the same red blood, and we all have lost, and so, um, you know, if I, I think about um, if you're can, let's just start with this question: If your best friend or a family member experienced a loss like you have with losing six children, what advice would you give them? Um, really, I would say um, stay prayed up <laughs> because a lot of prayer and um, to get the get your family surrounded by you because it's very important to have a, a network of people while you're going through the process of your grief. Mm-hmm. So I think having people around you and being surrounded by love, it helps you get through the pain that, you, that you're that you going through, that you know that you're not alone. Yeah. So, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, what happened to you and, you know, how did you, how did you lose six kids? Um, well, first of all, um, to, for me to get pregnant, I had to get on fertility drugs. And from then I kept getting pregnant. And I kept mis- miscarrying the the babies. I kept miscarrying. And then finally I got pregnant, and I went past the three months. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's a first trimester or second trimester. I don't know how the trimesters go. Yep, first, first I, trimester. Yes, I went past, and I got so excited that I was finally, I made it past the time of my miscarriages. So I was really excited. Uh, we had planned for her, me and my husband at the time. We had planned to have you know, we wanted children. So when I got pregnant with her and I passed the trimester time that I lost the other children, I was so excited. And everything seemed to be going well. I was getting my checkups. Everything was, everything seemed to be fine. And then um, before I know it, um, I went to like 23 weeks and my water bag bursted and I immediately went into labor. Um, I was in labor for like 48 hours. Wow. But before I had got pregnant with Pauline, I prayed to God, I said, Lord, if I'm going to lose another baby, can you please allow me to count her fingers and her toes and to be able to hold my baby? Because I never got the opportunity after all the losses, because I had lost five before her, to never... See, to see the babies or know if they were boys or girls, and 
And it's like when she was born, I was I was hurt and happy at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, um, I was happy to have her, and I was allowed to count her fingers and her toes. God did answer my prayer, and when the forty eight hours of labor, um, I actually when I had her, actually my heart gave out because I guess it was broken. I don't know what happened, and they brought me back, and she still was a living, and the doctors felt like that she was not worth, at the time, fighting for her because she was so little. And and so they left her, because I was under, they left her in a room by herself with no oxygen, no, they never put her on the ventilator. They didn't even try because they felt that she was not um uh, viable, that she was, her skin wasn't thick enough, and then two weeks later, they saved the baby just like her. But right. my doctors decided that she wasn't viable enough, and she breathed on her own without any help for six hours. Wow. And for me, it, and I know people might think that I'm crazy by saying this. You might even think I'm crazy. But I felt, I always tell people, I felt her struggle because I was telling the doctor, I can't breathe. And he was telling me, yes, you're breathing. I said, no, I'm not breathing. I'm struggling. I'm trying to catch my breath. And so I kept going through that for hours and hours, and they kept going back and forth with me. And finally, something told me in my brain to look at the clock. And when I looked at the clock, I felt a peace that I cannot... <sighs> I can't explain. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like an overwhelming peace that I felt. And I looked at the clock, and that was the time of her death without me even knowing that she had passed because I wasn't with her. They didn't allow me to be with her. Wow. And, and 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 then my biggest regret is not being able to sit with her, not being able to hold, hold her. I would tell any mother, you know, you know, to try to be there with the baby, you know, and maybe hold her and get the opportunity, but they didn't give me the opportunity. So I think I've car- I've, I carried that for a long time of my, me not being by her side when she was going through the process, but I was shown that I was, I was with her in the process without even knowing it. Yeah. So, yeah. What, but, um, I want to back up a little. What, what made you, I mean, that's a lot of loss, right? Sometimes some women would give up. They'd be like, this is just not going to work. You know, the number of times you have to do, in vitro for, you know, get your hormones and being all over the place. What made you keep trying? I, um, you know, I always wanted a baby. Ever since I could remember, I wanted a baby. You know, as a kid, we say, we want somebody that I can love, you know what I'm saying, and they'll love me back. Yeah. And I guess I, I kind of wanted that, I, you know, I'm a, if anybody who knows me, I'm a, I'm a very motherly person. And it's like I always wanted a baby, and it's like I, I didn't want to give up, and I wanted to trust and believe that I was going to be able to have a child. But yeah. it was hard. It was hard. It was it was it was very, it was very difficult. You know, I, sometimes I felt like I was just going to lose it. But I I always journaled. I always wrote. I wrote down my whole feelings. I wrote about everything that I was going through. So my journaling actually helped me heal because I was able to express it, even if it's on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. I had to scribe every moment on the paper, you know. Yeah. And 
so that gave me some kind of comfort. I mean, for me, I don't know, everybody's different, but for me, it gave me comfort to be able to be able to write out and to express my feelings. Yeah. So that that that's what helped me through the process. And I just wanted a baby. I wanted I just wanted to have a child and I don't think nothing was gonna stop me. I had got the shot I got more shots. I got more um fertility. I got shots of fertility drugs. Like I think they gave me the highest vote. Wow. And I just kept going back and then with actually with Pauline, he actually I didn't take anything with her. I got pregnant naturally with her. Wow. I she was number, I she got, was number six? Yeah, she was number six. Mm-hmm. She was number six. And I actually got pregnant naturally with her. I was I, I told myself I'm not going to take any of these more of these drugs, and then I, I got pregnant. So I didn't know I was pregnant until I was like um, a month. So that kind of, I didn't, you know, it kind of helped a couple months pass before <laughs> I didn't have to yeah. go through it so long, you know. So, yeah. but. In, in yeah. what ways did you become different after, you know, those first six losses? How did you change as a person? How did I change? Yeah, did it did it change your thoughts or did it make you feel any different or more determined or, you know, did it, What? how did it impact your life? Um, how it impacted my life? Uh, well, you know what? It made me. For me, it helped me to love uh, other children, I don't know, that didn't have that love as a mother. I think it made me even more, because I, I took in a lot of other kids in my past that wasn't my own. I kind of, like, adopted them, mm-hmm. you know, and they became, so it made me more compassionate. It made me more full of love for kids who did not have that motherly love that, you know, that I was willing to give. So I kind of gave out that love that I wanted to give to the children that I lost to other children Mm -hmm. that was hurting or maybe going through some things. I would automatically gravitate to them and give them that compassion and that love that they was probably missing. Mm -hmm. So it kind of helped me in that area to be more open to, to love other children as well. Yeah. Because I saw they suffering on the flip side. Right. Of my, they were the opposite of mine. Mine was a loss of the child. There was a loss of a mother. Right. And, 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 then, um, I got, and then also I got on the um, uh, the helpline with other people who lost their children. Mm-hmm. I was on the, I was on Kaiser. They had a, like a, a helpline for mothers who are grieving that mm-hmm. they can call each other. And they can talk about their children and talk about their loss because a lot of times when you lose a baby, people don't say they're like, "Oh well, you didn't know the baby anyway. You didn't, you can't, you can't feel it. You don't." Yeah, I've been told that, and I've been told that I had a football. I I gave birth to a football team. I should be happy. I got a football team in heaven. Wow, it's it's crazy what people tell you when you lose a child. They don't really respect it the same way. Is when you lose, you know, a, your a adult child. They don't, they don't think that your grief should be the. You shouldn't grieve. You know, you didn't know the baby, so right. why are you why are you hurting over this? You didn't get to, you know, raise the baby, so you gonna you can have another one. You know, they told me I can have another one, or you know, let's just adopt. You know, so that's what people tell you. They 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 uh they tell you crazy things, and they feel like you shouldn't be hurting. Wow. But you are. You, you're grieving. You you lost something that you wanted, that you loved, that you 
you know, you lost and you lose the thought of what what would it be like when they're two? How what would they do when they're three? So you have these like fantasies that you have. Yep, I was reading something that talked about you know the the, the milestones you know that Pauline would have gone through. And what makes you, what triggers even in deeper thoughts, right? Like when, you know, when Michaela and, and Jonathan were born, when your kids yeah. graduate from high school, or, you know, when they get a girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, you're you're thinking about what, what could have been, right, yeah. all of those milestones. Um, and, and how, you know, do you share those thoughts with others when you're having um, those, those thoughts? I have when I, when I, because, you know, during the time you know, I've met people who are who have lost children and and we're able to share and we're able to talk even even without you know even um I met someone who lost their kids because they were on drugs and they lost their children but it was a loss for them and they were grieving and they have to suffer the little consequences of their child being taken but I'm able to be able to discuss you know any you know discuss her and discuss about their situation. And we'll just be able to talk about it. So yeah. that, that helps, you know, that helps others. And it helps me because I get to talk about my baby that most people don't want to hear about the while. You know, after a week or two, nobody wants to hear about, oh, my baby would have been one. Oh, my baby would have been two. Oh, you know, your baby right. was born on the same day my baby was born, but my baby's not here. Yeah. Nobody really wants to listen to that. But they don't know how important that is to the person who had lost the child, especially if they didn't have any children after that either. So on top of it, you know, so it is like, you know, you just want to talk about it. So I'm enjoying talking about my daughter right now. Just, you know, even though it's been a while, you know, since I've lost yeah. her, but it's still a lot of, like you said, those milestones. I, I wonder what she would be like and what she'd look like, you know. Yeah, how old would she be now? Actually, she, in July 3rd, she'll be 24 years old. Wow. <laughs> Time goes so quickly, but it's like doing a hot, doing her birthday time. Oh, I still have a hard time because I wanted her. I planned for her. I I I wanted I wanted her here. So I you know it's like man, her birthday. What was she doing now? Was she be in college? What? Or she would she graduate from college? Or you know what was she doing right now? You just and you stay curious about that. I don't think you ever stop thinking about it. You know. Yeah, it always goes through your mind, but most people don't want to. Girl, it's been twenty four years. What are you talking about? Right. You know, and I couldn't even accept when I had my son. When I started to have a child, I had my son. I couldn't even accept my son. I was so busy grieving over my loss that I would actually take him to the grave with me. I put a blanket on the grave. You know, it's hard seeing that little casket go on the ground. Yeah. It just seems so unfair. I'm like, well, Lord, what about the rapists? What about the murders? Let them go. Let my baby come back alive. And that's what you think. Right. You know, you you think like, well, why couldn't something happen to somebody, you know, to not somebody else, but like the bad people in the world. Just get rid of the bad people and let these babies live. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what goes through your brain sometimes because it seems so unfair. It seems yeah. so unfair that you have to let go of your baby. It seems so unfair that you got to bury your child. It is, it's not right. Right. You know, and right. it hurts. It, it hurts. <laughs> I can only, I can't, I can't even imagine. I don't even, you know, I don't even have a clue, you know, but thinking about that and you mentioned, you know, you have two children after Pauline, you know, we're talking about today about love and loss. And you said, you know, you touched on it a little earlier 
when you said what you got from Pauline's loss, you loved on other children, yeah. right? So that loss turned turned you into into love. And for yeah. me, it's still these conversations have kind of been baffling for me because I I don't know if I've ever broken it down that way. I mean, you know, we talk about love, loss, people, you know, but you then were able to have another baby and another baby, yeah. you know. What can you want to talk a little bit about? Were you fearful, you know, when you were pregnant with Jonathan? You thought something was going to happen again. I was scared to death. I totally for my son, I really shut down because I didn't want the thought of losing a baby. So I never did get attached to him. I had mm-hmm. a hard time attaching to him. And then when I had him, I had my daughter Pauline at 23 weeks and four days. I had my son at 24 weeks, and he was born at one pound, 15 ounces, and I was so scared that they wasn't going to fight for him because they didn't fight for her, but they actually fought for him, you know. So, I mean, because they just left her. like I feel like they just left her on the slab in the bed and just left her to die. But with him, they did all the um, the the preparations and the oxygen and the ventilators, and he was only three days. I was only pregnant with him three days longer than I was pregnant with her. Wow. But she, he was safe. So I, ha- it was weird. I had like a weird, I couldn't hold him. I couldn't hardly touch him because I was afraid that he was going to die. And I just feel like at that point that my mind and my body and my strength was strong enough to handle that. I felt like I was going to lose my mind. I felt like the Lord, this is it. I cannot do this more. I cannot yeah. touch him because if I love him, he's going to die. And that was the thought in my mind. If I love him, he's going to die. So I love them, and they die. Wow. You know, so that's, I, that's, that's pretty powerful, What you know, what you're saying, because people are afraid of loss, right, because it's painful no matter what it is. You know, it, 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 even if it's on a simplified scale, but they're they're so afraid of loss that I think that's what then hinders them from being able to love or being mm-hmm. able to truly be loved by someone, right? Because if you're fearful, you said of, of your baby, now he's three only three days older than what Pauline was. The fear of loss overshadowed your amount, your ability to love, right? Exactly. And that those two things, it's, it's just. It's such a it's a fine line between the two, and so I can understand people being afraid to um, of loss, and so they can't even get close or be vulnerable enough to understand how to love and how to be loved. And and I think yeah. that's that's kind of a good takeaway. And what Pauline is teaching me through our conversation now is the fear of is because again the fear of pain, no matter what yeah. it is. You know, yeah. we don't, we're scared, and we don't yeah. take that leap. I was so scared. I was so scared. I was so scared. I was scared to hold him. I couldn't touch him. And it wasn't postpartum. It was just that the fear of losing him was, was so powerful. I, I can't imagine looking at him, and the, and the doctors would tell me, he's going to, he, he needs your love. Mm-hmm. And that's when my mother came in, and she, and my mother was at the hospital all the time. She was the yeah. one holding him. She was the one touching him. She was the one because, you know, because baby goes by feel. If you don't hold a baby, if you don't, you know, like when a baby's a, a newborn, you have mm-hmm. to touch it. 
if you don't touch it, something happens to the baby that's not healthy. So right. babies thrive and they grow out of the touch of a, of a hand, out of love, out of being held. And so he, even though he's an incubator at the time, you know, he needed to be rubbed a little bit, a little bit touched. And I couldn't, no matter how hard I wanted to, the fear engulfed me so much that I could not touch him. I could not, even though the doctor said, you're going to help him. You know, he may live because, because of what you're doing. And I couldn't even, I couldn't do it because the fear of losing him, oh, I didn't even hear what she said. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to lose him anyway, so what do you want me to touch him for? Yeah. When we think about, you know, the, the loss, and I've never experienced the loss of a child, but the loss of, you know, someone close to you, a family member, I mean, it's not a matter of moving on, right? It's, but it's instead you, you're going to develop new hopes and dreams and visions because your life is not going to be the same mm-hmm. based on that loss. But what are your new hopes? What are your new dreams? You know, what are your new visions that you have? And, man, it's just really um, kind of gave me chills just so thinking about why people may not feel so much love in our current society, right? They're not feeling love. There's a lot of kids that are, yeah. no matter what that loss is, yeah. right? Because you, you can't love. If you don't love, you, 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 were, you were probably thinking, if I don't love Jonathan, then it won't hurt me as bad when he, if he go if he doesn't make it, right? Yeah, if, if I won't hurt as bad. Him, I won't hurt as bad if something happens to him because I've been through it before, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're, the the fear kept you from the love that you had been searching for through six other children. Exactly. To be a and then, yes, and I I couldn't, and then it took me a long. Actually, it took, like I said, I was taking him to the grave. I was taking him to the grave over the one I lost. I was laying my baby, I put a blanket down with my baby that I finally got. I finally got a baby that I can hold and touch and love. Even though he came home, he came home with three pounds, 11 ounces. Who brings a baby home with three pounds? I right. did. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I brought him home with three pounds. And as soon as he got big enough, I was at that grave with a blanket, you know, his all his stuff. And we would lay at that grave of the one I lost, and then I had one that was alive that mm-hmm. I couldn't attach to. Right. And, and right. it took me a long time. And one day I was at the grave, and I was looking at him, and he started crying. I'm looking at him like, why is this boy crying? You know, you know, he was already premature and all that, so he had problems, little problems. And I'm like, why is this boy crying? And then I just looked at him, and something said, he's here. Love him. Right. He loved him. And then and my, and I, I had to actually stop going to my grave, which was hard because I, I was so caught up in the loss. I had to stop going to the grave so I could go and be with him, which was alive. I was with the person that was gone, but I wouldn't be with the person that was alive. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, and then finally, I stopped going to the grave, and I actually allowed myself to heal. And I actually said one day, I said I had to let her go verbally. One day, I was in church, and I told God, I told God that I need to let him let her, you know, let her go. So I let her go, and I said, Lord, I give her back to you. She's yours, and I allowed myself to have that. That I, I grieve, but I didn't let go. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
allow myself to let go and to release her because I was holding on to her and I needed to let her go and and release and let that pain go. Right. And once I was able to do that, I was able to hold him. I was able to love him. I was like, oh, I have a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I have a baby. He's right here. <laughs> yeah. I finally got a baby. I got a baby. I can, I can hold him. And so, but it took, I had to go through that process, and I had to make that realization of letting go of her. Right. Because sometimes we can grieve forever to a point uh, like we don't never totally let go. You know, we, we're stuck. We stay there. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I think, you know, for me, it, you know, grief is a, it's a, it's an ongoing process. It just takes on yeah. different forms and different meanings, you know, um, and, but its intensity and exactly how you feel changes. But what happened yeah. was you, you letting her go, you didn't let go of her. You let go yeah. of the idea that she was going to come back or it wasn't there or, you know, whatever other questions you had in your head, which then opened, you know, I kind of think it's like took the blinders off or the clouds moved away. You're like, hold on a second. I have this baby that I need to love, right? And for that, the loss and that love, that thin line, man, it just reminds me of, you know, walking on the tightrope. You can fall on either side at any time. And it's making me just, again, over and over, just feeling the chills of, if you don't experience loss, you have no room for love, right? Exactly. You think about people, you know, oh, well, you got to love yourself first. You got to love yourself first. Well, first you got to remove the hurt that you have, right? Yeah. I think, you yeah. know, I'm speculating. I'm not a therapist or anything, but I think about people who aren't able, don't feel loved or aren't able to love. What is it that they don't like about themselves? What are they blaming themselves for, yeah. right? You, you probably blamed yourself for Pauline. Yeah, I blame myself. I blame myself for not being able to be there for her, not being able to hold her. I feel like I didn't fight for her, but, I, you know, I had to realize I was put under. I was I actually, my heart stopped. So it was just like, how can I be there? And, you know, but my, my um, I call him my pops. He, he, I don't I don't believe in the word stepdad or anything like that. I believe in the word dad. He was my dad. Yeah. And he was there, and, you know, he was there to take pictures of her. I mean, my memories all came from him of her because if he was not there. So in my brain, I grieved because I felt like she was alone, but I didn't realize he wasn't alone. He had my, she had my pop, you know, she had her dad, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't realize that because I was so caught up in, in something in my own my mind, you know, because it was, you know, that's what I felt. Right. But she, she wasn't alone. She wasn't alone when she passed. You know, she had people around her to love her. And it's funny how I was able to love other children. When I mm-hmm. when I finally got my own child, I could connect. I guess because the loss with other children, if you know, the loss wasn't the same. Because you were afraid. Because you know, yeah. your, baby, your baby was your loss. The other children yeah. were there. Right, but you didn't experience carrying them. You didn't experience not being there with them. Right, they're they're just there, somebody for you to go love. But now you got yeah. the love baby, right? And you're like, what the <laughs> heck? He in the same situation? Uh, uh-uh. I got some ego. I'm doing the big wall around me so that I yes. cannot feel the pain if he doesn't last, right? And yes. you just, I'm thank God you realize as going to the grave that you're like, hold on a second, 
I'm missing out on the baby here. He needs my love. What's going to happen to him if I don't, as his mother, love him, right? The opposite side of the coin of loss is love. And you yeah. cannot you cannot separate the two, you know. And I say, if for me, I would speak individually for me, if I want to be loved and I want to give love, then I have to make sure that I'm not afraid of what is yeah. could or would or should be, right? Or yeah. what 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 have, I, what have I experienced before that I'm afraid I'm going to experience again, which is then hindering me from getting the love that I need. And yeah. Deserve. And I think, yeah, and that word you just said right there, deserve. Yep. You deserve. I deserve. I felt I deserve. I lost my babies. I deserve, I didn't deserve to feel that kind of love. I, it's like it's like I didn't deserve that. And so sometimes you feel like you don't deserve it, and you have to realize, I deserve this. I deserve this child here. I deserve to see him walk and fall and talk and I, I deserve to speak life into him and, and believe that he's going to get older and, you know, he's, he's going to grow up and he's going to become a man. You know, I, deserve, I deserve that. Yep. You know, yep. so, it, it's, so a proce- it's, it's a process. It, it definitely is a process. And any any last words you want to mention about Pauline or Jonathan or Michaela? Oh, yes. Um, Yes, I love my children, and I'm so grateful that I was blessed um, to have them. And um, I'm still willing to talk to anybody who's going through something like I went through or um, who's lost children or even a loved one, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. my heart is open, you know. I have a phone, and they can call me anytime. And I'm, you know, because I have a heart that can listen, and and just sometimes you just need somebody just to listen, and yep. just to your stories, because after a while people don't want to hear your stories, but you know, I'm here, I'm here to listen, and my heart is there to do that. Yeah, well, I, I am so I feel so fortunate. You know, I'll say now at the end of the podcast, I'll let everyone know this is one of my big sisters, and I love her to death, and I appreciate that she was that you were able to come on and be as vulnerable as you are. I've never asked all these questions about Pauline, um, and it gave me a different perspective. I learned a lot. Definitely this, um, we're on the right track with May's Love and Loss series here on All Things Dorothy's Daughter podcast. So make sure that you all subscribe. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to Google Podcasts, go to Spotify Podcasts, and subscribe because I plan on having Cordelia on a number of other times and other um, wonderful individuals. And, again, I just am so fortunate, Didi. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me and, and with the people listening to this podcast, and I pray that it's helped somebody. You guys go and have a wonderful day. Okay, Thanks. you too. Bye-bye. Right.